Welcome back to the Athletes Agency International Podcast. Our guest today is a soccer player from Long Island University. Kiana Tewart made the move from Australia to the States in the fall of 2019. Uh, today we spoke about his struggles and overcoming the challenges that were in front of him to go on and have a fantastic freshman season. He did so well that he landed a spot on the NEC all-rookie team. Fantastic work. Keanu's maturity and progressive mindset is really what stood out to me. And we also got to dive deep into how Keanu and his teammates are staying fit during this COVID-19 pandemic. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I know you will too. So enjoy. Keanu. Hi, Joseph. How you going? Good. Good to get you on. Um, well, welcome to the Athletes Agency International Podcast. We're happy to have you on, and um, I'm real excited to give you the opportunity to tell about your experience in the States, and you're currently still in the process of, you know, being out at the university um, in the States. So you just finished your freshman year, so it's going to give the listeners a... Um, a different aspect. Our first guest was someone that was finishing up uh, their college experience, and now we get someone who's you know just beginning. Um, so we're going to get to hear about the insights of you know uh, an a student athlete who is you know freshly adjusting, who's maybe just now kind of starting to get the hang of things there. Um, and we got Keanu Tuart with us, um, a soccer player. Um, and I'll let him kind of tell about himself and let him tell his story. Um, first off, Keanu, uh, welcome. And can you just start off by saying, like, give us a, a brief background about, you know, when did you start playing? Who are you playing for? Kind of everything leading up to before, like, going off to the States. Yeah, sweet. So, uh, firstly, thank you very much for having me on. Uh, it's a of course. pleasure. Um, so basically I started, I was born in a small town, uh, in the far North Queensland of Australia called Cairns <clears throat> or most specifically Innisfail. And, uh, my older brother was playing soccer. So obviously the older brother influences you a lot. So I started playing when I was around six, I think. And I played for just a little club team there. And then, um, yeah, my mom got a job offer. So we moved to Bundaberg, which is about, uh, 10 hours away. Uh, oh, wow. towards the Gold Coast, you know, the more well-known parts of Queensland. Um, mm -hmm. And, yeah, we moved there and I started playing. And that's sort of when uh, I started to actually get trained by actual coaches and that sort of thing. And I realized I really liked it and enjoyed it. So I kind of started to take it more seriously when I was around probably 13. I realized I was all right at, uh, at the sport. So I was like, oh, I'll, I'll keep pursuing it. And it was around that time I was playing lots of futsal as well, uh, which people don't know is just indoor soccer. Um, and I went on some some futsal tours to Spain and 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 that sort of thing, Malaysia as well. And that's when it sort of opened my eyes up a bit that like, uh, you know, there's a whole other world out there, you know. It's not just, mm -hmm. you know, Australia and Queensland and my small little country kind of town. It's like much bigger than that. So that's when I started to realise like this is what I kind of want to do you know, travel, play the sport, you know, meet so many new people. So I, I realized I really enjoyed that. So then um, when I was in Bundaberg, I went to a, a place called Toowoomba for a soccer camp. And um, I, I had a friend from Bundaberg who was already there at the, uh, it's called Toowoomba Grammar School. Um, and they're a pretty well-known soccer school in Queensland. And uh, I went there for a soccer camp and uh, they kind of ID'd me. And they were like, well, would you be interested in coming to our school through a scholarship? Um, and of course, I was, you know, young and I was really enjoying sport and I still am. But that was like a massive thing for me to be able to move and on a scholarship, you know. So I, I took that straight away, moved to Toowoomba. And Toowoomba is where it really got serious because now I was playing at really, you could say, the highest level you could as a you know, as a teenager, kind of, it's called the NPL, the National Premier right. League in Australia. Right. Um, so, you know, I started playing in that, and that's against teams that are in Brisbane, which is the capital of Queensland. Um, so I was versing, you know, really good players and, and playing in, like, proper structured clubs and, and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I was playing for Southwest Queensland Thunder, which is the NPL team here uh, in Toowoomba. And then I was playing for Toowoomba Grammar School, and they have the first soccer team. 
um, which kind of just represents their school in grade 12. Uh, it's like the peak of Toowoomba Grammar School soccer. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was representing them and playing for them. And that's when I started to really, really knuckle down, take it seriously. I had some really great coaches there who, you know, have experience in the professional league and that sort of thing and coaching. And they really helped mentor me a lot. And, um, yeah, so that's where I really started to grit down and focus. Uh, and then I finished my season. I was in about grade 12, halfway through grade 12. And I'd met my agent uh, through Aussie Athletes Agency, David Hodge. Um, I'd met him in grade nine, I think, briefly. And at the halfway through grade 12, I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do uh, with the soccer, you know. There's so many different pathways and you're kind of just unsure of which one to take. And then I think halfway through my senior year, I spoke to the director of football at Toowoomba Grammar School, Peter Broadfoot. Uh, I had a conversation with him and he was asking, you know, what do you want to do after school with soccer? Or do you just want to, you know, go to university, which a lot of people just do. Um, and I was like, oh, I really do want to take it further, you know. Uh, while I'm young, fit, healthy, loving the sport, you know, I should really just take it with both arms. So I sat down with him and he got me in contact with David Hodge. And then, yeah, I spoke to him, had a couple of meetings with David. Um, and he was he was fantastic. He really helped, like, plan everything out, um, map it out for me. And uh, I had uh, uh, a boy who graduated from Toowoomba Grammar School a couple of years earlier. He was already at my current university, Long Island University. Um, and his, his dad was actually my soccer coach when I was 16. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so I, I got in contact with Carl Parrish immediately and, yeah, just started discussing it. And, it, I mean, he was telling me all about Long Island, um, their Division One uh, NCAA soccer team. So that was a big pull as well. But mostly having Carl there, you know, it's a big move, obviously, moving from Toowoomba, which isn't really a city yet it's still kind of country and moving to somewhere which is massive like america um it was a big call to go to long island university just because kyle was there you know i've met him before so and his dad was my coach so that was a big call to go there and then yeah that's basically a brief background on um my past so far Nice. Well, yeah, no, there's a quite a few things i'll touch on there uh first off was when you said you played futsal. That doesn't surprise me. I actually watched, uh, well, I mean, a while back, I remember when Dave came to me and he's like, hey, I got this player and he's a, he's a real, he's a serious talent. And I, was, I gave him a watch and I remember I was like, oh yeah, it's good. But then uh, yesterday I even went back and I watched it again. And um, no, I loved, uh, I loved your style. You got a very dynamic style, but you're, you're comfortable on the ball. So you, you know, when you receive the ball, it looks like you you got one thing in mind, and it's to go towards goal, which is what you're supposed to do. But your your skills make it very dynamic. You you're, you're, you got strength on you. You're breaking through players. It's it's good to watch. Um, and definitely, uh, you know, I I watched it, and then you had a really good freshman year at LIU, and I'll let you talk about that as well. But it kind of went hand in hand, and with futsal and development, I think that really um is what probably took your game to another level early on. Yeah, yeah, no, thank you very much for that. Um, But yeah, no, definitely. Futsal, I think all young players, when you're growing up, especially like 12, that sort of thing, I think futsal's like very key to developing yourself as a player. Because like you learn so much, you learn like, you know, speed on the ball, having your head up, you know, it's tight spaces, so you're thinking quicker. Um, So yeah, no, you're definitely right. I learned a lot from futsal. Awesome. Yeah. And then um, going a little, we'll go a little further, but going to LIU before going, before going, and, you know, you're, you still didn't really know much about how the playing style is, whatever. How much in the long run did playing in the MPL amongst men as a teenager prepare you for that? Yeah, that was definitely a, a great move, you know, playing with uh, in the senior men's team here for Southwest Thunder. It was, I was grateful for the opportunity to be playing up there um, because obviously that's probably the highest semi-pro level in Australia. Um, so I was, mm-hmm. I was really grateful to be playing w- uh, with those guys. But yeah, no, that prepared me a lot um, because, you know, it's so different going from under 18s and then you're playing with men, you know. Um, it's way different, way faster. Um, obviously, the biggest difference is physicality because, you know, they're men, you're still a teenager, you know, they're strong on the ball, Um so, yeah, it, it definitely helped me, especially when 
I moved to college because college as well, you're playing against older guys. You're not just playing, you know, against 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds. You're playing with and against, like, you know, 21-year-olds. They've developed four, three years ahead of you. You know, it's a big jump. So playing for the men's team definitely helped prepare me a lot. Yeah, and for those that are listening and don't know, but the NPL level uh, is pretty much the second tier of Australia. So you have your A-League, which is, you know, your top. It's like the franchise league. And then you go to NPL, and it's a, there's a lot of teams, but, I mean, you, you're looking at some a really good standard. So for a teenager to go in and contribute at that level um, definitely speaks volumes of his maturity on and off the field. Um, and I'm sure you took that into LIU, and that's why your first season was so, so successful. Yeah, so yeah. moving moving into, um, you know, going to the States, um, you know, you obviously chose LIU. Were there any other schools in the running or what, you know, you said uh, having Kyle there is kind of, is that what sold you on LIU in the long run? Or was there some other things that kind of had a, a part to play? Well, definitely. <clears throat> I looked at some other schools, but really when I think back on it, it really was always LIU, I think. And Kyle obviously was the biggest push for that. You know, just having someone I knew, um, being able to walk me through everything was just a massive help. And I really am so grateful for Kyle and David to, to sort that out for me, uh, to help me with that process. But yeah, no, definitely, definitely was just looking at LIU. Um, and yeah, I think the location speaks for itself as well. I mean, you're, you're like half, half an hour, 45 minute train ride from New York City, which many people would mm. say is, you know, the capital of the world. Um, yeah, the location right. was a big selling point as well. Definitely. What um, adjusting, you know, when you go to the States, New York City, I mean, I'm from South Carolina, just down south from New York, and I've only been to New York once. It was to play against Hofstra. Oh, and yeah. we went into, yeah, we went into New York City for maybe like 40 minutes to see the 9 11 uh, memorial. And then that was it. We went back to the hotel. Next day, got pumped by a Hofstra and then on our way back. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what was what was that like? Coming, you know, you're a small town boy from Australia. Then you kind of went to uh, the Queensland area, and then you go to New York. And I'm from the South, and uh, it's a you know kind of a not so much. It's a little bit of a small town, but when I went to New York, I was, I was it was an eye opener. You kind of look at when you're approaching the city, it almost looks fake. That's so many buildings, it doesn't even look real. Yeah. Um, yeah so I, I, I'd be interested here. You know, you're adjusting. How often do you get to go to the city and then uh, life in Long Island as well? What were the adjustments? What were the challenges? And what were your thoughts on that area before going and compared to what it actually is? Yeah, so um, I'd been to, I'd travel a little bit, mostly through sport. I'd been to Barcelona with futsal, which was just, you know, a futsal tour. I threw the school. Mm -hmm. I went on a soccer tour with a bunch of boys from Torma Grandma. Um, and we went to Berlin and that sort of thing. But I thought I was kind of prepared. You know, I traveled a bit, but, you know, New York is nothing like uh, I'd ever seen before, especially since I live in Toowoomba, you know, it's such a small place. And then all of a sudden you go to New York and like the sky is literally blocked out by buildings. Uh, it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty full on. But um, <clears throat> yeah, it did take a while to adjust to everything, you know. Moving over, I basically did grow up because I'm, I'm living off campus. So, um, yeah, I had to grow up pretty quickly, you know, pay your own rent, pay your own food, cook for yourself, that sort of thing, you know, just look after yourself. All the little things that you're so used to being done for you. Um, now you have to look after everything and that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, mm -hmm. it was a big jump and definitely moving to halfway across the world and living in such like a big place like New York and Long Island. Um, it is completely different to anything I'd ever experienced. Um, so yeah, it was a big jump and I've been to the city numerous times now, but when I first went over in the fall semester, which was August, um, yeah, I didn't really get to go often. I don't think I went, I went to the city once in August when I first arrived and that was just for, you know, a little day trip. Um, and that blew my mind. I remember I was walking out of Madison square garden, the train station. And yeah, I remember mm -hmm. I walked into the city like dead center and yeah, that was crazy. It felt surreal. Like you were saying, like it just felt kind of fake, like 
like I couldn't believe I was there. It was really, really surreal. Um, yeah, it really takes your it really takes your breath away. Uh, to be honest, like the 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 size of the city and the amount of people that are all doing different things, it's definitely uh, an eye opener. Um, I mean, I've I was only there for a few like you know not even an hour, so I still need to go back. They say you can't really do New York in one day. You kind of need to like experience a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, that's that's really interesting because of obviously the 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 nature of the location with your university. It sounds like uh, it wasn't required for you to live in dorms your fir- your freshman year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, no, like like you were saying with New York, how uh, the, yeah, there's just so much going on, which really blew my mind a little bit. You know, there's like cars everywhere. There's people in and out of buildings and that sort of thing. Like, yeah, it, it is really crazy and really surreal yeah um but what i what i'm getting at is that you said you lived you live off campus um and it it was your freshman year typically when when your freshman year required to live on campus so uh tell us more about i mean obviously you said that was a big adjustment where you are you living with teammates um talk to us about you know getting to campus all the preparation and those little things that you don't really ever think about before going, talk to us about yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. I was different, obviously, the other freshmen in my team, and they they live on campus. Um, but I was fortunate, oh, nice. fortunate to talk with my coach to sort that out, um, and I was very lucky. Uh, I live in a in a house with uh, some other boys from the team, um, which is good. Like, we're all in the same mindset, you know. Um, so, yeah, I just live with those boys, and uh, we have – a um, couple of the boys in the team, um, we're not all international. Some of them are American um, and they have their own cars. So we all kind of just, you know, um, carpool a little bit. Um, and yeah, we just head to training every morning like that or wherever we need to go. And we just help each other out with fuel and that sort of thing. Nothing crazy. Um, but yeah, that's how it basically works. Perfect. I mean, I know from my time, the people that you live with, which we're always my teammates. You kind of form these friendships that last forever. So these moments that you're going through now and you're, you're, you know, you're living with your teammates, your best buds, those are memories that you'll hang on to forever. Uh, you'll always will remember those. Yeah. Um, moving into more so about Kiwi uh, Athletes Agency, um, you, you were with our Aussie branch and you were, mentioned how Dave helped you out. Talk to us about the benefits of working with Dave, uh, working with Athletes Agency from the beginning. You know, obviously what we do, we do everything. We, you know, we find the schools, the interest. We talk to the coaches. We get you guys connected. Education, we're making sure you're, you're taking the right courses. But go even further and talk about the support that you kind of get from Dave Um while you're already, you know, when you're at your university, it would be like, you know, your task is done, but we kind of really like to keep up with our athletes while they're at the university, making sure they're fitting in right, communicating with the coaches. So talk about us, talk to us about how important and how comforting that was during some time. Yeah, definitely. Um, the, the funny thing was, as soon as I met David, uh, we, we shared a connection straight away just because my old coach when I was around 12 actually went through all of high school with David and they were actually friends. Um, so immediately, you know, we kind of hit it off. And that's, I think, the biggest thing that I noticed with Aussie Athletes Agency and the Athletes Agency as a whole is how personalized it is for you and how personal they are, the mm-hmm. agents themselves, especially with David. Like um, when you're going through the entire process, you know, it's tailored for you it's personalized for you it's not like he's giving you a general plan or anything like there's certain steps and certain places that we're looking because of the person that you are you know are you uh i remember i had to do a survey kind of thing with david and it was basically numbering you know what's most important to you in terms of looking for a university whether it was you know location Mm -hmm. degree you know team uh the the level uh or like uh what do you call it? The league that you're in kind of thing. Um, yeah. So it really is personalized. Right. For you, and I think that's the biggest difference. And that I noticed um, was, yeah, it's, it really is a personal thing. And it's so personal that once I headed before I headed over, uh, before my flight, actually, David gave me a call uh, just to check that I was okay. He called my mum as well. 
which I mean, he didn't have to do at all, but he still did it because he just genuinely, genuinely cared. Um, so that was really, really touching. So yeah, he called me right before my flight. And then after I landed, after a couple of weeks, he sent me a text how preseason was going. And then once the season started, he also sent me a text and I had a couple of phone calls with him um, as well, which was really nice. And then, uh, yeah, I've just stayed up to date with him. He always checks in here and there. And before spring break um, this year in around March, he gave me a call as well. And we just chatted for a little bit. He was asking how everything was going. So, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is just how personalized and personal he is and the agency yeah, is with you. Exactly. Yeah, he's a top guy. And uh, that's kind of what we're about, uh, staying connected. Uh, it's a small world. So, you know, when with our athletes, we like to make sure uh, we're keeping that connection and making sure they feel comfortable that they can always reach out to us. Um, you mentioned preseason a little bit. Talk to me about the adjustment of an American college preseason. Um, you know, the fitness testing. Um, it's kind of the best of times and the worst of times in a, in a way. I know for me, uh, especially with captain's practice, you're there with everyone without the coaches beforehand. And you're kind of just getting to know each other and then the coaches come in and then you got your your fitness testing and it's 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 brutal but um it prepares you in the long run so talk to us about what you what you thought of that yeah sure so um yeah i landed i had a couple of days off beforehand i'd been training a lot in the lead up to coming uh, i was running a lot doing a lot of running uh, and cardio sort of stuff um, but yeah, I landed, I, I was there for a couple of days and then we headed into the actual campus university and stayed in the dorms there. Um, and yeah, I was really, really um, jet lagged and it was really bad. I was waking up at like three and couldn't sleep again till six in the morning. You know, it was really rough. So mm -hmm. yeah, we got there. Uh, we had a, a little meeting, met all the boys, got our uh, university ID sorted and everything and that sort of thing. And then the first day of preseason, we had a three mile run. And we had to do it in under 18, mm. 20 minutes. Um, and so, yeah, mm -hmm. that was just setting the tone, I think. And, yeah, it, we, it really showed who had been training, who hadn't been. And then, yeah, set the, set the stage for the rest of the preseason, which was we were training twice a day. So once in the morning, we'd have a break in the midday, you know, have lunch, recover. And then we'd hit it again late afternoon. Um, and we did that for nearly a whole month um, until our first preseason game where we traveled to uh, Virginia. Um, and yeah, so it was a really tough preseason and it was different to what I was kind of used to because back when I've had preseasons, it's like school started and that sort of thing during high school, you know, so we don't train as often during preseason and same with senior men's, you know, people have jobs by then, um, you know, they're, they're living, working nine to five. So it's different. Whereas when I came over for college, you know, everyone is here at college. So, we can train as much as we want. Like it's, it's toned for us and our lives. So yeah, it was a big difference. Kind of like, you know, starting to enter like a professional sort of atmosphere where it, your main focus is football, you know, soccer, that's your main focus. And that's what we're working on today. And I think that was the biggest difference I found with the preseason over there was obviously we trained twice a day, which was a big difference, but just that the whole focus really was on the football, you know, the games coming up, getting fit, working on our touch, everything. Um, that was a big difference. Definitely. Absolutely. And um, obviously you had some friendlies probably uh, in, in preseason time. Um, and that you uh, obviously your preseason must have went well because you went on to, you know, have 15 starts in 16 games. You scored a goal, two assists. You know, you played over a thousand minutes and you also got named to the uh, all rookie team in your conference. So uh, a big congratulations to you. Talk us through, you know, what what went well for you to have that success on yeah, the field? Yeah, sure. Um, so when I first started, actually, though, I really did struggle with adapting to, you know, my new life, uh, the new place, new people, new coach. You know, the biggest difference is when you've been growing up in the same place. You know, everyone knows who you are. People know your level of football, mm -hmm. you know. But when you go over to America, no one knows who you are. You have to prove yourself, you know, all over again to show them, like, what you're capable of. And that's what I kind of struggled with a little bit, you know. I had to really, really push myself. And I really did stumble a little bit at the start preseason. I 
I did I trained pretty well in preseason, but when it came to games, I just I didn't get any minutes. You know, I wasn't really performing to my best, and obviously there was people that were performing better than me, so they definitely deserve that spot in the team. Um, but I think it was early September. We'd finished all our preseason. We were finally going into conference, and I can't remember who we were playing, but uh, I hadn't played. I played like 20 minutes max out of like four games, and I remember. I was waiting for the call up during the game, waiting. I got warmed up. And then halfway through the first half, the coach made me warm up, Coach Madoko. And then uh, I came back and he said, you're going on. And he said, um, he said, I've been waiting four weeks. Here's your moment. So that really just shocked me into, you know, I really needed to focus. I was like, this is my moment. I need to show why I'm here and why I deserve to be in the team and why I deserve to start. And then, yeah, I just played uh, a pretty good half and then I just kept playing for the rest of the season and I'm really grateful for that opportunity of course um, but yeah I definitely struggled at the start it wasn't it didn't really go how I, I planned it or imagined it you know I thought you know I'd come in I'd just do well immediately and I'd have no problems and it'd just be you know pretty pretty light but yeah no I struggled at the start and it, I'd had to grind a bit to get to the starting position um, but yeah after that you know, I felt very comfortable. I was relaxed at that point. So, you know, all I had to do now was just play. I didn't have to worry about anything else. You know, all I had to do was just focus on my game mm-hmm. and focus on playing well each game week to week, you know. And that's the biggest thing, I think, is for people that are going over there is to take it, you know, day at a time, week to, week to a week, you know, because I think what my problem was, you know, I was thinking of like months ahead, like, oh, I have to be playing by this time and I have to be doing well by this time when really it's just a day-to-day thing and that's I think why I was I did had a great uh, freshman season was just I took it game game by game um, and just focused on you know one minute at a time one run at a time one tackle at a time and that helped a lot I think no that's big that's a good mindset to have especially for so uh, someone so young uh, because it's always easy to come in and say, oh, I want to, you know, my freshman year, I want to be a starter right away. I want to win the conference and I want to go, and, and, you know, we want to do this and that. And I want to score this amount of goals. But um, then you're then you're putting a whole lot of pressure on yourselves. Um, obviously, it's normal to have, you know, team goals. You might want to qualify for the playoffs or, you know, whatever it may be. But you don't want to put too much burden on individual goals because then you feel like you're always playing catch up and some for some, it may work. And then some, that's not the way to go about it. So a really mature mindset from you to do that. And obviously it, it paid dividends. Uh, I mean, you had a great uh, rookie season and uh, I'm sure you're looking forward to another one. Um, moving into more of the education aspect, you know, what, uh, if you are decided, you know, what's your major, What's your aspirations with that major? And then, um, obviously, right now you know, you're back home uh, due to coronavirus, um, keeping you know all the universities closed down at the moment. But in a normal week, let's just say during the fall season when you got a game on the weekend, or maybe you have a Wednesday game or whatever, or you got a away game, you guys are leaving. What is a normal week or a normal day schedule for you, um, and how are you handling? juggling school and playing yeah, at the same sure. time so i'm my major is marketing uh i chose it because i, I did economics okay. in grade 11 and 12 uh back in high school uh and i really did enjoy it i don't i've done business subjects for a while so i do enjoy it and then yeah it was just the easy option for myself i think as in that was the what i wanted to do i didn't really think of many other you know majors that i was too interested in um so i enjoy it and i'm interested in it so yeah, it's been great so far. Um, but in terms of like a normal day, um, in the fall season, we trained at around uh, 11.45 and we'd train till I think one in the afternoon. And um, I'd have class before before training. So I'd probably get up around 8.30, 8, uh, get ready, you know, have breakfast and head with the boys into town, uh, into the university, um, attend class. And then once class finished, I'd have my bag with me with all my gear in it, you know, training, boots, socks, everything. Um, we'd all head down to uh, to the field um, and we trained on the turf field or we trained on the grass. It didn't really matter for us, but we mostly trained on the turf. Um, and yeah, so we trained from 11.45 to 1. 
after that, we'd all head to the cafeteria, you know, refuel, uh, eat. Most of us were really hungry by then. And then uh, we usually have class again at around 2.30, 3. We'd have another class and then um, finish by 5 usually and then have dinner at the cafeteria and then we all head home and then do it again the next day. And uh, in the full season, we had one game a week definitely, but we had a couple weeks where we had two games in a row. And that's a big thing, I think, mm -hmm. um, for people that don't know when they're deciding about this is the amount of traveling that you will be doing. Um, you will be doing a lot of traveling. You know, America's a massive place. And depending on how big your conference is, mine, my conference was pretty massive. You know, we traveled to Connecticut, uh, Virginia, Maryland, like that, that sort of places. Like we did travel pretty far. So sometimes we'd have two games on a weekend or we'd have a game on the Friday and a game on the Sunday. And they're both away games. So, you know, you're on the road for about four days, five days, um, which is a which is a big deal. You know, it's different. You know, you're in a different place, different hotel. You know, you might not be comfortable you're eating different foods. Like you just have to prepare yourself as best you can mentally for that kind of thing, because traveling doesn't seem like much. You know, you're just sitting on a bus and you just, you know, yeah, sitting there. But it does take a mental strain and can tire you out. Definitely. So the biggest deal is to hydrate, rehydrate yourself all the time. And that was good of our coaching staff because we always had eskies full of, you know, water, Gatorade, muesli bars, that sort of thing. So they're always looking after us. But yeah, the biggest deal is to really look after yourself um, nutrition wise, especially with, um, you know, hydrating yourself because you just lose so much um, when you're traveling. Even though you're just sitting there, you do. Yeah. Yeah. You just strain yourself. Absolutely. Uh, and then talk us through the care that was given uh, from your university. Um, I think uh, a big thing when when uh, players come abroad and or come from abroad and come to the states to play, uh, the facilities that are offered in the states at these universities, uh, the buses, the you know the hotels you're staying at, um, the general care, it, like you, like going back to how you're saying, it started to feel like a professional environment. So tell us, yeah, talk that, us that, that definitely was my biggest surprise. And what the university is proud of so much with is how much of a professional sort of attitude and environment you get put in, you know, the main focus is training. And then after mm -hmm. training, you got to look after yourself and they gave us, you know, nutrition, health and tips and that sort of thing. But yeah, you really start to look after yourself and look at yourself as like, uh, professional a little bit because you are training and you are playing a lot and it's not like before where you can you know when you're mm -hmm. younger you can just eat whatever you want kind of and you know you have so much energy to, energy to just play the next day it's different now you're getting older you really need to look after yourself um, and that was the biggest deal and that's what the university was really good at was you know after training we had access to uh, ice baths and that sort of thing we always had eskies full of water at training always full cold you know, water bottles filled. Um, we had a really great trainer. So she looked after us so well. And um, yeah, so before training and games, we could go into her, her office and she'd do strapping, uh, you know, massage us down, any niggles we had, and injuries. Um, so that, that looking after us, the university and the uh, soccer program itself was like, was really, really good. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, the buses were great, that sort of thing. Um, we always had eskies as well, like I was saying. At the hotels, we had eskies full of Gatorade water. And we were always allowed to just, you know, come by, grab some, um, that sort of thing. But, yeah, no, we had access to ice baths, um, that all, all that sort of stuff that a professional has access to. Yeah. yeah, what about yeah. you guys' weight yeah, room? Is it nice? It was pretty – I think they had uh, been remodeling it a little bit because, obviously, LIU had moved into Div one, Division 1 uh, when it was Division 2 and sort of merged with another campus. Mm -hmm. uh, so they changed their colours from green and gold, green and yellow, to um, blue, blue and yellow. So they kind of redid everything, repainted everything so that, yeah, the weight room is really nice. Yeah, I know when I was uh... – looking around at universities. I, I started out at division two school in Colorado and then transferred to a D one school, um, back closer to home. And my biggest thing, uh, every, every campus I go to is like, what's the weight room? Like, I just want to see how, how nice it is. Um, that was, I don't know why that was just like a big thing for me. Um, okay. Moving into, um, 
you know, you, we, we touched on, you know, your normal schedule, your normal week, you kind of give us a little insight about everything. What is your favorite thing about being a student athlete? And what is your favorite thing um, about being a student LIU? athlete? Obviously is just the opportunity, you know, to play soccer for university, which is, you know, massive in, in America. Whereas in Australia, we, we really don't have anything like it. Um, so yeah, just being able to play college sport and especially mm-hmm. soccer, which has such a big platform and, and is continuing to grow a lot, um, especially in America. Uh, it's, just, it's just fantastic. You know, um, we get televised on ESPN3. Like that, that blew my mind that I was like, this is such a big deal, college sport. Because, yeah, obviously we don't have anything like yeah. that in Australia. Mm-hmm. So when I came over, you know, all the boys, American boys, just knew it as like, you know, normal, normal thing, like nothing out of the norm yeah crazy but when i came over i was like this is insane that like this is televised and that people watch this sort of stuff and you know the crowds we were getting was different to anything i'd seen here as well so yeah that really blew my mind and that was really easily the favorite part was just being able to play there and i really am just so happy and grateful for the opportunity to be playing because i know there's so many kids that would want to be in that same position you know playing college sport um is a big deal so yeah no i really am Super happy with that. Um, yeah, it's been awesome. Um, but yeah, just probably the location of the university itself. You know, it is probably my favorite aspect about it. Um, it's just that it's so close to New York City, which is insane. Um, and somewhere I'd never thought I'd ever be going to, let alone be living there, you know. Um, but yeah, no, it's great. The university itself is really good. There's uh, a lot of different people, which has been awesome and eye-opening for me. Like, not just in our team, but in every other sport the school offers. You know, there's people from Scandinavia, you know, Europe, Asia, that sort of thing. Um, our, my soccer team is very diverse. We have people from Spain, uh, Germany, Austria, Sweden, Norway. Um, we have a, our strikers from Senegal. So, yeah, just that was a big deal as well, meeting so many people. That really opened my eyes that, like, you, you know, I live in Australia, you think that's your world, but when you sort of venture out and meet all these people have so many different experiences and perspectives and things, yeah, it's really eye-opening. Yeah, I think student-athletes really get uh, a unique opportunity, especially with football or or soccer, um, because it is an international sport. I mean, if you're a regular student, you might bump into, if you, you might get to know some of the internationals in class or outside of class. But, um, you know, with being a student athlete and, you know, day in, day out, every morning training games, you kind of get to really learn not only about them, you know, as a person, but their culture. Um, so you become a little bit more culturally aware. So it's a unique opportunity. Um, I know my team was the same way. We had kids from New Zealand, uh, we had kids from England, Ireland, uh, Germany, you know, all over the place. So it's kind of cool. It's really cool to see a group like that come together and then, you know, the result on the field. Um, it's really interesting. Um, well, no, that's good insight. Um, it's moving, you know, uh, now currently you're, you're home in Australia. How is your team, your coaching staff keeping you guys fit? And talk to us about the adjustment of that. You know, obviously there was, you know, not too long ago you were on campus. You guys were going through spring season. I know that's tough as a as a soccer player. Um, talk to us a little bit about that. And then talk to us about, you know, currently now. Um, I don't know if you're still if your classes are still going on, but uh, talk to us about, you know, adjusting to online schooling and then also staying fit and, you know, keeping your mind ready yeah, for definitely. the so, fall season coming uh, spring up. Spring season, like you said, it, it really is tough. Um, yeah, we were training every day, 5.50. I'd wake up, train 6.30 to around just before 8. Then from 8 to um, to 9, 9.15, we'd have a gym or lift session. So, yeah, it really was tough. And it was a lot of the boys were, some of them, like the freshmen who were getting used to it, yeah, we're struggling a little bit, but I mean, the whole team pulled through and really we had a great spring season. Um, we didn't get to play any games, obviously, but, you know, training and getting used to each other um, was really good because last year our team was really relatively new. We had so many new players and there was only, I think, five or six um, players max from the season beforehand. So what really was a new team. So spring season was great. You know, we're training so much. Now we were finally getting used to each other's players. 
you know, as people, what our, you know, pros and cons were and that sort of thing and getting our team structured really well um, was really good. And the gym sessions were really good because everyone's starting to, you know, bulk up a bit, get a bit stronger on the ball, um, which we really needed because during mm-hmm. full season, it's just too, too many games, you know, it's hard to really, um, you know, put on muscle in, in our gym session. So now that we didn't have any games, you know, that was our main priority and focus. And a lot of the boys were improving, which was really good. Um, but yeah, once um, we came home, well, I came home, sorry, after the pandemic had sort of broke out. Um, obviously, I had to isolate my home, which uh, was government regulations, you know, two week isolation. And then, you, yeah, you can't leave your house or anything like that. So I had to do that. Um, but I was fortunate enough. I had dumbbells, um, like weights here already from a couple of years ago. Um, so I had them in the in the shed, which was pretty lucky because I know a lot of people that came home back to their homes didn't have, you know, gym equipment because they're so used to going to the local gym or, or going, you know, with the training with the team and that sort of thing. So I was very lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, straight away, our coaches were in contact with us, checking up on us and that sort of thing. And Rob, our strength and, strength and conditioning coach, gave us programs for us to do. Um, so yeah, no, we've been keeping up, keeping up to it and keeping fit. Um, but yeah, the biggest thing was, yeah, online schooling. Obviously, I am in Australia and, and the classes in America are at like really different time zones. Um, so all my classes are at, you know, 2 a.m., 4 a.m. in the morning. So as soon, right before I left, I spoke to all my, I emailed oh, all my <laughs> teachers and got in contact with all of them. And I was just like, obviously, I can't do this every day. Um, is there another way for them to do it? And they were, I was so lucky that they were able, they just recorded their classes for me and they just upload it for me. Um, so I, I'm still being being able to, you know, keep up with everything. I've been keeping up with my assignments and we have online quizzes and exams that we do day to day, uh, week to week, that sort of thing. So yeah, just being in contact with them every day. You know, I wake up in the morning, I check my emails and I've got about five new emails from different professors telling me uh, this is what happened in this class or this is due then. So it is, you know, getting used to it all, but I'm in my last week of uh, semester. So I just, last week was really my hard week. I had a lot of assignments due, a couple papers and um, a couple quizzes and final exams, but I've got two final exams this week and then I'm sort of done and waiting till around August, September, where we can hopefully return back to America. But yeah, we're just not sure at the moment. Yeah. Well, no, um, it, it's good to hear that you're, you're uh, adjusting well. And yeah, I, I totally can relate about the gym. I had a, I, I went nuts and I had to order a bunch of stuff myself. Um, but no, it's good to hear that, you know, they're keeping you guys fit, keeping you guys ready. It's, uh, it's always good to, you know, you don't want to rely on anything, but it's good to hang on to the thought, you know, we're, we're, we're getting prepared for the fall season, no matter what. Um, it's always good to work towards a goal. Obviously, you've just finished your or you're finishing your freshman year. You're you know, you still got three years of eligibility. What are you know that it's really far away. And for someone with the mindset that, you know, kind of looks for day to day or game by game. But surely there is an overall plan. What is you know, what are your ultimate goals out of the whole experience of being a student athlete? Do you want to stay in the States, maybe continue playing? going to work uh you know what, what well are your definitely at the moment like you said i'm taking moment. it you know month by month year by year but yeah overall i definitely want to take uh soccer further and i have three more years which is a lot of time to get better and improve and I, my freshman year was kind of shaky you know i started off pretty badly and then worked my way up whereas this coming season uh which hopefully stays on track um you know, I'm, I know what I know from last season. I know what the team's like. I know what the coach is like, what other teams are like, what the level is at. You know, I know so much more that I didn't know back then, which I think is going to prepare me so well for not only this season coming, but, you know, the next. And I think that's the biggest deal is you're just going to be learning every season. Like, you, you won't have the perfect season because what you did last season doesn't mean anything for the new one. Um, so you just got to keep learning and keep working hard, I guess. And that's what I'm going to be doing. But yeah, I definitely want to take soccer further. Um, and if I get an opportunity, which I believe so, through the college pathway, um, I'm definitely going to take it. But, yeah, I'll just focus on my degree in the meantime, work hard at school, and, yeah, just keep improving as best I can. But 
Um, I'm not too sure if I'll stay in the States. You know, Good it man. just depends um, what, what happens in the coming years. Yeah, it's obviously that's that's three years, you know, three, four years down the road. Um, but no, definitely. We're definitely excited to see how you progress in those three, four years. If, if, a, if a, you know, a shaky start leads you to an all rookie team in your first year, I can't wait to see what you do your, you know, your sophomore, junior and senior year. Uh, so I'll definitely be keeping tabs on you. And um, it'll be interesting to talk to you, you know, three years from now, potentially and see where you've grown from today to then um moving into we'll, we'll go ahead and kind of get ready to close this out um this last bit is more an overall uh insight or overall how you feel and what you would give advice to uh people maybe interested in this pathway so i'm going to ask you to give one piece of advice for all athletes interested in the u.s college pathway uh would you change anything what was your favorite thing about athletes agency and lastly, uh, like what we're calling the America Starter Pack, four essentials that yeah, you sure. would you know, tell um, someone to bring. My advice for athletes, I think, is to really prepare yourself for being homesick. Um, and I think that's what led me to such a shaky start. You know, I, I really hadn't stayed away from home for too long. You know, I'd been on soccer trips and stuff, but that's only been for like a couple of weeks. Whereas, you know, now it's the rest of the next four years. So I think uh, I just hope that uh, all athletes would just prepare themselves a little bit uh, for being homesick, you know, make sure they're always in contact with parents and family and friends. I think that's a big deal, you know, always checking up on them and them checking up on you, um, giving them calls, texting them, um, just so you don't get, you know, devastatingly homesick. Um, but yeah, I, I, that'd be my biggest advice would be to stay in contact with family a lot and friends and Definitely don't close your, yourself off if you do get homesick over there uh, from, you know, your teammates or your coach or anything like that. You know, they're there for you and they're there to help you as well. Um, and I, that would be my biggest advice would be to, you know, open yourself up to people there, you know, get involved with the teammates, what they're doing, training, you know, really take advantage of the opportunity you have there because it is a massive opportunity. Um, but yeah, no, that'd be my main advice. Um, in terms of changing anything, uh, honestly, I wouldn't change too much. I think uh, everything that happened was for a reason. You know, I really do believe in that sort of stuff. And what happened, I, I learned so much from, and it's made me a better person and a better player now. So, yeah, I can't really say I'd change too much. Um, yeah, I really wouldn't. I think everything that happened happened for a reason, and I learned a lot, and it's helped me better now in the future for the for next season and then the seasons after that as well. So, yeah, definitely that. Um, and, like, for, for my favorite thing about Athletes Agency is, like I said before, how personalized it is for you. You know, they're not just going through the motions with you. They're really sitting you down, really talking to you and getting to know you as a person so they can get to you the right university for you. You know, they're not getting a bunch of different universities from a list and saying, do you want this one? You know, they're really sitting down with you, talking through, you know, how you are as a person, your perspectives. Um, yeah just your personality that sort of thing so it's really is tailored for you as a person and then like I said how how personal they are with you, you know they check up on you they give you texts call you um, so yeah David Hodge was excellent at that he really was a perfect agent for myself um, and yeah in terms of four essentials to bring I wasn't too sure I was thinking uh, definitely headphones uh, you definitely want a good pair of headphones because you're going to be traveling a lot especially if you're international you know there's for me, the flights to and back from America and Australia are long. They're nearly a day's worth of traveling. So you definitely want to want some headphones. Um, I personally, I brought pictures, uh, not just on my phone, but I, I had a disposable camera. I took lots of photos before I left so I could print them out and put them in a little like kind of journal booklet kind of thing for myself. So, you know, whenever I did get homesick or missed home, you know, I look at these photos and always know like there's always someone back to back home so yeah definitely would do that and pick your favorite snacks from back home because once you go to america it's so different to everything especially the food you know it's so different to where i'm from and where from where a lot of people are from so maybe bring some of your favorite snacks you know chewing gum that sort of thing little things like that um and definitely my biggest advice as well with something to bring would be warm clothes because 
coming from Australia, it really does not get that cold when I think about it compared to, you know, New York, uh, where it's zero degrees and actually snowing, whereas it doesn't snow here. So, yeah, definitely make sure to pack in lots of warm clothes um, because that's going to be a big help when it comes to winter and the colder months when, you know, it's 6.30 in the morning and it's minus three degrees and you got to train. Um, yeah, definitely want to be packing some uh, warm clothes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, there was a little bit of a, oh, I apologize, there was a little bit of a connectivity issue there, but uh, we, I think we got all, all your essentials. Um, yeah, warm coat was, it has been a common answer uh, so far. Uh, in the last episode, we had Kyrie Yap on, and that was one of her answers. And she was actually at Rutgers, which is not too far away from you. Um, but it's always interesting to hear um, the things that you would, you know, look at as essentials, uh, you know, now from doing a semester or a year. But uh, in the in overall, uh, Keanu, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Um, I think you have you have a really mature mindset um, that's going to really set you up for success in the future. Um, I know here at Athletes Agency, we're all really proud of what you've accomplished so far, and we're we're excited to see what you will accomplish further. So it was a pleasure speaking with you. Um, and for those that are listening, uh, you know, keep up with Keanu. Uh, you know, look on LIU, the LIU Sharks. Um, you know, keep tabs on Keanu and, um, you know, cheer him on. Uh, whenever he has a game, make sure you send him a message, say something, reach out. And then uh, as for us, you know, um, you know, if you have any questions regarding Keanu's uh, experience at LIU, feel free to reach out to us or Keanu, you can maybe uh, get in touch with people. Um, that's what we're about. We're personalized environment. So we want to always want to make sure our athletes feel comfortable to reach out and kind of something why we started this podcast. We would like to connect all of our athletes together and form that kind of connection. Um, but yes, thank you, Keanu, for coming on. And uh, I'm sure we'll be speaking soon. Okay. Yeah, sweet. Thank you very much for having me, Joseph. It was a pleasure. Thank you. All right. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Wow, I really enjoyed speaking with Keanu. He's a hardworking and humble human being, and I know great things are ahead of him. I know his story will be relatable to a lot of the listeners, and I'm sure his mindset and dedication will be inspirational to all. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the podcast to a teammate, friend, family member, whoever it may be. Please go follow our social media accounts at Kiwi Athletes Agency and at uh, Aussie Athletes Agency, and that's on Instagram. And lastly, thank you for tuning in and a big thank you to Keanu for taking his time to share his story with all of us. Till next time.